This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Golf has a new game-changing number. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max. Only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more about the QI10 Carbon Woods. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Well, good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks and Mark Sacchino, our second Wednesday show of 2024. And as we always do on Wednesdays, we'll have a deep dive, a deep preview into this week's PGA Tour event. This week, another signature event on the PGA Tour. It is the Genesis Invitational. Many of the top players in the world in the field this week, including... One Tiger Woods. Well, much more on Tiger throughout the show. But, Jens, good morning. Bob, starting with you, how are you this morning? Excellent. Very good. No uh, complaints here. It's uh, a little bit of a break after the flurry with Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. We had lots of, lots of stuff, which we'll talk about, of course, more. Of, but uh, Nick Taylor's win keeps going and growing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's getting cold here in Toronto, though, again, by the way. Uh, wind chill minus 14 here this morning. So uh, the early golf, the early golf weather is uh, suddenly left us for a little bit anyway. It certainly has left the GTA. Mark, how are you and where are you right now? Well, we're uh, in our Marriott here in uh, Los Angeles, in uh, Delray Beach to be exact, and we are getting ready to start the Genesis, guys. We'll be heading out to the golf course. See, I know Tiger's playing in the Pro-Am early this morning, so I'm not sure, you know, doing our golf talk Canada and whatnot, if I'm going to get there in time to... See Tiger hit any shots today. Saw him on social media hitting some some shots yesterday. But we're going to check out Riviera and see how it looks. You know, there's been a ton of rain through California. It wasn't just Pebble Beach. So I'm going to get out there on the golf course and see if there's a hop and a bounce in the course because Riv always plays so much better when there's a bounce in the property. So let's hope that uh, that it's got a bounce. We'll see. And uh, looking forward to this one. This uh, this is always one of my favorite events, guys. I mean, this is a classic. It certainly is a classic. I got to spend some time at Riviera last year. I got to walk a lot of the back nine, and I really, really enjoyed it. Also on today's show, Bobby mentioned, of course, Nick Taylor winning a couple days ago the WM Phoenix Open. Gareth Rafluski, Nick Taylor's short game coach, going to join us today too to take a deep dive into Nick Taylor's short game and specifically his putting and what changed and why he decided to go to the claw grip. And the answer that he gives it might actually surprise you some of the reasons that he did that. So Gareth Rafluski coming up a little later in the show. But let's kick things off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Well, all things Tiger Woods because he is back. And for the first time in quite some time, made some news earlier this week that became official in terms of apparel. Sunday Red is the logo you're now going to see on Tiger Woods throughout uh, this weekend. You would think a lot of the remainder of his career. Mark, you were at the introductory press conference. What was it like being there? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Everybody obviously was interested that Tiger was there and Tiger was in the room. And 
I think the you know the cat was out of the bag, so to speak. Everybody everybody knew what was coming. Um, there was no surprise. It's probably been the worst kept secret in all of golf that Tiger was, you know, getting in the apparel business. I think um, everyone was excited to see Tiger look good, like physically look good. He looks huge, guys. I don't know if maybe even put on more muscle, or, or it's the first time I've seen him with my own eyes in quite some time. So not not through a, you know, the lens of our television. So that could possibly be a part of it as well. Uh, he seems excited. Uh, it's a comp- it's very interesting that the dynamic between Sunday Red uh, Tiger and the brand and, and TaylorMade the company. So, you know, yes, is it under the TaylorMade umbrella uh, in partnership with TaylorMade? Yes, it is. But it's going to operate. Uh, they were very very uh, clear on, on some several key points that they wanted to drive home, and one of them was. Uh, that it's a separate entity that will operate completely separate with separate leadership, uh, its own marketing team, its own R&D. It's, it's actually uh, not headquarters in Carlsbad where TaylorMade and, and the kingdom is, where, where the three of us have visited so many times. It's geographically further up the coast, actually just north of, of Los Angeles. Um, the one thing that stuck out to me, and, and I'm curious with you guys, because there was some mixed reviews on social media, but the one thing that really kind of jumped out at me was they kind of drove home and footwear. And, uh, you know, you saw, Ty, I don't know if you guys saw Tiger yesterday um, out on, on Riv, he was wearing a, a new piece of footwear from Sunday Red. Um, footwear, is a, that is a big dive in. Making shirts and coming up with a logo and making sweaters and coming up with a logo and being a marketing company is one thing. But to, to get into the shoe business and the R&D and the money involved to compete with an Adidas, to compete um, you know, with a foot joy in that, in that marketplace, that is a huge investment. And that is a big mountain to climb. Now, I know Tiger, that's the biggest name in the game. If anyone can climb the mountain, it's likely him. Uh, but that surprised me. The head first into footwear surprised me. Uh, were you guys surprised on that as well? Certainly surprised on that, uh, Bob. And I, I love your take too, because since the car accident, Tiger wasn't wearing a Nike shoe. He was wearing that FootJoy style of shoe to support that right side. I believe the shoes might have been different sizes too to help Tiger support and move around. But Bob, as you know, like working in a golf shoe we speak to these athletes all the time they they get fitted for golf clubs they they test golf clubs but they have to do the exact same thing with shoes too yeah their shoes they consider their shoes part of their equipment and and there is a a a balance between fashion and function to be sure that they look at when they're in their shoes you can have great fitting shoes but if they don't support you and that's why you see a number of players mostly older players but not all older players still remain with the actual hard spikes it's always something to hear that when you go to a PGA Tour event, you hear that familiar sound, at least for old guys like me, of spikes on the, on the pathway. And you can hear that click, click, click. Mark will remember that. Um, but they are, <laughs> it, to Mark's point, you know, it is, this is a big step to go in. The, the clothing market has a lot of people in it. It's a crowded space. There are big people. There are small people. There are big players and small players. But the shoe market really is dominated by two or three companies and if you want to try and get this is going to sound terrible but a foothold 
in that marketplace, you know, you better you better come you better come prepared because it's uh, it's not easy. And um, as as Nike found out with the golf club area, you know, it's uh, the golf market is pretty loyal to their their brands right now. Certainly, certainly very loyal to their brands. Before we talk about Tiger this week and what to expect on the golf course, let's hear a little bit of Tiger Woods from Sunday's, or sorry, Monday's Sunday Red press conference. Sunday Red. Well, kind of, it kind of says it. You know, it's me, right? It, I've, I've worn red on Sundays, and it uh, started with mom. Mom thought being a Capricorn that my power color was red. And so I wore red as a junior golfer, and I won some tournaments. And lo and behold, this is—it's weird. I, I go to a, a university that is red. Stanford's red. Uh, we always wore red on the, the final day that we played every single tournament. And then every single tournament I've played as a professional, I've worn red. Um, so it has just—it's just become synonymous with with me, and that's who I am. Sunday red. This this logo, this tiger, it, it means something. Um, uh, each stripe means something, and it means all the majors that I've won, all 15 of oh, them. So that's uh, awesome. So Tiger. who was the one who broke the trademark earlier? Jordan. Jordan. Show yourself. There. You, okay. 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 So if 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 I happen if I happen to win another major championship, uh, you'll be the first one to um, to know that we're gonna have to redo, redo the trademark and add a 16th stripe to it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Well, Bob, we had a little fun on SportsCenter yesterday and last night playing a little fantasy or reality, talking about Tiger Woods and that pursuit for another major. But, uh, yeah, like he said, the, the logo, 15 different stripes on it. We'll see what Tiger looks like this week. Uh, in terms of playing, Mark, did you uh, happen to see Tiger at all or any of the videos posted across a bunch of social media feeds? How do you think the swing is looking right now? Yeah, I've only seen what you guys have seen. Um, I have not physically been on property, and he didn't make any swings or hit any balls at the at the media event uh, on Monday night. So uh, the stuff on social media looked good. Um, I, I, you know, a lot of guys down here are commenting on how stiff he looks, and I'm looking at them going, "No kidding, he looks stiff." I mean, the guy's got a fused back, he's got a fused ankle, he's got a bum knee. Um, this is a this is a golf swing that highs that relies heavily now on rotation and upper body strength, um, and, and and really does not use the ground and, and uh, doesn't have a lot of moving parts for obvious reasons. Um, but the good news is this is a golf swing that is his own. You know, like uh, we've been talking about over the last couple of years, he gave up on the circus of trainers and the circus of reconstruction of the golf swing and just worked on getting healthy and trying to walk better and uh and try to you know basically get through 72 holes of golf but he's doing it uh with the swing that is his so that's the encouraging part so uh you know let's not forget he made the cut the last time here uh made it to the weekend and, and played some decent golf this is a golf course that should be absolutely perfect for tiger i am at one of my biggest, um, I guess, shocks in the game of professional golf in, in my tenure is that Tiger Woods has never won on this property. To me, that is shocking, absolutely shocking. Has he played well here? Has he come close? Yes. But this golf course is an iron first uh, approach shot. The best pl iron players in the world, the players who shape golf balls, 
and, and, and have a tight approach game are the players historically that have always won here. This is perfect for Tiger, and it's never happened. Uh, absolutely shocked. So who knows this week, guys? I mean, Bob and I have always said, Adam, you've never counted them out. Bob and I have gotten caught once or twice with our pants down on counting them out. We'll ne I'll never count them out again. Um, but I just, all, I'll go back to what we said Monday. Just want to see four good days where he looks like he belongs and he looks like he's not laboring to struggle to get through. Uh, and if we had to play golf Monday, he could play golf Monday. If he does that, these are building blocks. And then if he can do it again at the players, by the time we get to Augusta, who knows? Yeah, who knows, right? And hopefully, weather-wise, it's somewhat decent in the L.A. area. You look towards to do Augusta National. It's been cold there the last couple of years. Uh, for Tiger Woods, really curious to see what kind of game he has here going forward, uh, especially starting this week uh, on FanDuel. His odds to win, just just putting this out there, 150 to 1 on FanDuel to win. But some interesting ones, more prop bets. Bob, for Tiger to make four or more birdies in round one, that's even money, plus 100. Five birdies or better, plus 350. To have one bogey-free round in the entire tournament, his odds are plus 480. Bob, do you like any of those? Do any of those tickle your fancy at all? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They're kind of, I'd have to think about those ones. They're kind of tempting one or two of them in there, but I don't know if he's going to go bogey-free. That, that would be an achievement for sure. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about those ones. Tantalizing. That's what I guess that's what what they do with the with the odds, right? They they try to tempt you just a little bit. Mark, for you, any of those uh, pique your interest? Yeah, I don't mind the first one. The the even money on the four birdies. That's uh, that's not a bad bet. And okay, so you know we're going to give everybody a birdie on the first hole, right? Because that's really a par four when they come back for the U.S. Open in a couple of years. That that opening hole will play as a par four, not as a par five. That is historically uh, one of the easiest holes on the PGA Tour. So we're going to give them a birdie there. Likely a birdie at 11. Um, so can he make two more birdies along the way? Tiger? Yeah. I, you know what? I don't mind that bet. Adam, where are you? I kind of like that as well, too. If you remember last year in the first round of the Genesis Invitational, playing with Justin Thomas, playing with Rory McIlroy, oftentimes outdriving Rory McIlroy, causing McIlroy to switch driver heads mid-tournament, Tiger did finish birdie, birdie, birdie in that first round. So really curious to see how Tiger's game shapes up this week. You'll be able to watch all of Tiger's first two rounds on TSN Plus as a part of our marquee group coverage. We'll get back to the Genesis Invitational here shortly. But, Bob, some other news around the world of golf involving Elena Sharp. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, the LPGA got a, uh, a big boost yesterday announcing that Ford has come in. Uh, blue chip company Ford has come in to sponsor a new event, the Ford Championship, which is going to take place at the end of uh, March in uh, in Arizona. And it's going to be played at the Seville Golf and Country Club, which is the home club of Elena Sharp. She's played there for the last 17 or 18 years. And as a result, she's getting a sponsor invite. She's sort of on the one of those exemption categories where you don't always get into all the events, especially not early in the year. So good for her. She's going to play a golf. Imagine playing an, a, a tour event at your home course. Like imagine you playing at Bayview or Mark, you playing at Toronto Hunt. 
if they ever had a nine-hole championship or something, or at me at Weston or, you know, whatever. Like, you got to think that's a either – I would think that's a huge advantage. It might be a little bit of pressure, but I would think it would be a huge advantage to play at your own, at your own course. Yeah, you would think so. And you've seen in the past, too, uh, I know Jason Day in the Ohio area playing – uh, Muirfield. Sometimes he's Muirfield Village. He's had some trouble there in the past, or he's also played well. It depends on the pressure and, and how you deal with that sort of thing. So some good news there for Elena Sharp. Well, speaking of Canadians, Nick Taylor won a couple of days ago at the WM Phoenix Open. When we come back here on GTC, we're going to hear some audio from Nick Taylor as he's already spoken at the Genesis Invitational. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the new QI10 Carbon Woods. Experience TaylorMade speed with the forgiveness of 10K inertia with the all-new QI10 Max, only from TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Movember, the official men's health partner of Golf Talk Canada. You can get involved and help change the face of men's health by visiting Movember.com today. So excited about our new partnership with Movember. Tons of cool content coming out throughout the year here on GTC regarding Movember. Well, this week, it's the Genesis Invitational, another signature event on the calendar. Five Canadians in the field this week, including Nick Taylor, the latest winner on the PGA Tour after winning the WM Phoenix Open. And yesterday, he spoke to the media. Let's hear from Nick Taylor trying to keep the good times going. This is one of my favorite stops. Um, you know, for me, the next... I guess day and a half, two days till we start, just kind of keep my energy up, conserve. Um, I'm not going to do a whole lot today, but prom tomorrow will be nice to see the golf course the day before. And then uh, from there, just kind of rather momentum. I've, again, I've, this is one of my favorite golf courses. Um, I, I, I like a lot of the sights off the tees, and, and it being a difficult course, I, I love that too. So I'm looking forward to it. Mark, I mean, this is quite a quick turnaround for Nick Taylor. Overall, what should his expectations be do you think heading into this week well i think a lot of it's an energy level guys i think um you know when you win when you win big that was quite a way to you know win through the playoff and, and the big rock and roll finish to nick I, I do think there's a bit of an exhale at the end of that i always think that's the challenge he's obviously hitting it well he's obviously rolling the rock incredibly well although these greens are very different here uh, putting on this POA and on the West Coast it is it's a much harder harder thing to do than it is to roll it into those perfect carpets of the waste management. Um, but all that being said, I you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Nick if Nick gets through Thursday, I would not be surprised to see him have another great tournament. I think I think the hard event for, the hard day for Nick guys is going to be Thursday to get refocused again and get you know kind of inside the ropes again and get settled to play another professional golf tournament on a very short turnaround. If he has a quality day on Thursday, uh, there's no reason I don't think why he can still hang around and, and put together four good days and maybe even have a chance to win another golf tournament. Now, before I get your take, Bob, on the, the same question, Nick Taylor also spoke about what's it like trying to follow up 
the week after a win. Case in point, last year at the RBC Canadian Open, the week after was the U.S. Open. Once again, let's hear from Nick Taylor during yesterday's press conference. I think that's why, you know, things that Tiger's done for so long of winning back-to-back tournaments, other people that have performed very well the next week is super impressive. Um, I think I can draw maybe after the Kane Open last year and, and try to maybe tweak things a little bit. Um, pretty overwhelmed, I think, last year after the Kane Open, every, all the attention and the amount of part of media stuff that I had to do. So, um, you know, just, just try to look back on that experience and try to tweak a little bit and just be a little more prepared and be in the right mindset teeing off Thursday. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, I get the, the biggest thing is to try to get my energy back up for Thursday. I think that's the biggest thing. And obviously my game's in a good spot, so I don't need to overthink that part. Now, Bob, you've told this story before on this show, but last year at the U S open, when you were there on location at LACC, when you guys had a scheduled interview time with Nick Taylor and you saw him show up from the clubhouse and it took him what, how, how long to walk about a hundred yards to get to you guys? A good 15, 20 minutes. Every, every two steps there was somebody, whether it was a player or a caddy or a, an official or somebody who knew him was congratulating. It was really, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not uh, exaggerating when I say that, like every two or three steps. Uh, one of the interesting things about, about, about playing at Riv this week is when he won in 2020 at Pebble Beach, the next week the stop was Riviera, and uh, he ended up missing the cut that year. But he does, as he said, he does love this golf course. I think, as, as Mark kind of alluded to before, anytime you win, you know, your, your, uh, your schedule, your rhythm kind of gets off. There's all sorts of things that you don't normally do week to week. Like, he doesn't normally do uh, a press conference on a Tuesday, except perhaps at the Canadian Open. So, you know, there's a lot of things that he's that he sort of has to do this week that he wouldn't have done, say, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And I think the fact that he's aware of that after having won the RBC Canadian Open last year and everything that came with that. And that was that was a huge list of requests. Uh, his agent, Jordan Snowy, was was just, you know, <laughs> over on overload. I think Nick was on overload. You should have seen poor uh, poor Nick's agent trying to handle all these demands and requests and things that were going on. So uh, I think he's more aware of it now. And uh, and I think I don't know if he'll be, you know, in the hunt down the stretch. But I have a funny feeling that he's going to play a pretty decent uh, four days of golf. Nick Taylor has uh, six ma- uh, made cuts in eight appearances here at the Genesis Invitational. T33 last year, T20 the year before in 2021. So uh, during the early portions of our season, during last year's year in review, we spoke at length about how 2023 was the best season of golf on the PGA Tour for Canadians. So we already have a win in 2024 with Nick Taylor. The big question is who's next? Mark, for you, who's the next Canadian to get a victory on the PGA Tour? Well, on the PGA Tour, certainly for me right now, guys, it looks like Adam Hadwin. I I think Adam Hadwin has played some quality golf, um, and I think he is probably surprised, guys. I I would suggest that Adam Hadwin is probably surprised going back over say the last you know few months that 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 a win hasn't maybe come yet because uh, we've gone through a little portion of the schedule where you know Adam loves the desert right he, he plays well at the WM he plays well at uh, in Palm Springs we're coming up uh, in in about a month's time in the Florida swing to Valspar well we all know he loves he loves uh, a copperhead so I I think 
I think Adam Hadwin on the Florida swing, uh, maybe we get that win. Okay, Bob, for you, who's the next Canadian to win on the PGA Tour? I think it's Adam as well. I think having seen him and chatted briefly with him in Hawaii uh, and having talked to him sort of in December, November, I think you know he's put on a little bit of muscle. He wants to add some length. He's been working to try and drive the ball out there a little further. And he said he is, not a ton, but like three or four or five yards, which can be a big difference for him. But I think he feels a little bit um, like maybe he's falling behind a bit. You know, the other guys all have two, that kind of quadrant of, uh, of Connors and Hughes and Taylor and Hadwin. I think maybe he wants to get up and make sure he's winning again as well. So there is some chase factor in there. And all those guys, don't forget, those four guys, especially in Adam Svensson, all want to get one of those two spots on the Olympics and all want to get on that uh, President's Cup team. So that is a driving factor. And, and uh, you know, you can laugh at that, but it's, that, uh, that is really all pushing them along. I mean, it would be great to see all four of those guys on the President's Cup team, but I have a feeling that three might be the limit. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what they can do. But I'm with, I'm with uh, Mark. I think Adam Hadwin is the next guy. Okay, Adam Hadwin looking to get back in the winner's circle. He and Nick Taylor, two of the five Canadians in the field this week at the Genesis Invitational. A little later in the show, we're going to take a deep dive into the odds of the Canadians this week, not only for low Canadian, but overall outright winner. When we come back here on GTC, we'll take a deep dive into the favorites, including overwhelming betting favorite Scotty Chef. And what will bring, what will happen for him on the greens this week? Because as it was last year, it's been a bit of a roller coaster so far. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Movember, the official men's health partner of Golf Talk Canada. You can get involved and help change the face of men's health by visiting Movember.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside GTC. Scully, Weeks, and Zacchino here taking a look at the Genesis Invitational. First two rounds on TSN Plus, weekend coverage on TSN and as we always do during our Wednesday preview shows we're going to take a look at some of the favorites this week from an odds perspective and look who is the overwhelming betting favorite yet again Scotty Scheffler plus 650 are his odds this season three top tens in four starts yet again tee to green very good but strokes gain putting he's 107th Mark do you think Scotty Scheffler should still be the betting favorite I know that is, is that not the hardest question right now in the game of golf? It's, it's literally one of the most hardest questions to answer because a tee to green, statistically speaking, this is a dominant, dominant player on all different surfaces, on different styles of golf course. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter where we go. He tends to lead or at very least be in the top five in all, you know, significant ball striking categories. But Adam, it's frustrating. You know, you and I were talking about this two weeks ago. Until until I see a major, I want to see a major change in the putting. I really do. I, I hate this. This I feel like we're just keep doing the same thing each week, each week. I don't know. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say right now. Well, I think we'll, I think we'll figure this out. I think the three of us 
We'll answer this question on our own when we get to our TSN edge picks. Do we have Scotty Scheffler this week? If so, how many of us have Scotty Scheffler this week? That'll answer the question. I think no. Right now, although I believe um, he is still the best ball striker in the world, at this moment in time, because of the putting, I'm not sure he is the best player in the world right now, and I don't believe he should be the favorite. That's professional tease right there from the Z-Men or, or uh, PGA Tour picks coming up a little <laughs> later in the show on the TSN Edge. Bob, for you, when you look at Scotty Scheffler's putting, is this just a time now where he should try something radically different, whether it's a different grip like Nick Taylor's done and had a ton of success with, different style of putter, just something different, period? I mean, that's what I was going to get at when uh, was the comparison to Nick Taylor. I mean, Nick Taylor struggled and struggled and struggled. And finally, you know, it's it's like like my dad dad used to tell me, he says, you know, uh, he was walking down the street and he saw a man hitting his head against the wall. And he says, why are you doing that? He says, because it feels so good when I stop, you know, and, and that's the kind of thinking you have with <laughs> Scotty Scheffler is my God, man. Like, can you not see what this is doing to you? Can you not see how this is is just you know ruining uh, what could be one of the most remarkable runs in golf? Like you know his his strokes. I can't remember the stat that Justin Ray had on today on uh, the, the statistician, but it was it was a remarkable statistic about Scotty's ball striking. And then you look at this putting, and I don't know how many times he missed from within five feet, four feet, three feet uh, on Sunday, but it's it's just painful to see that and you just I mean there were two or three that you know if, if you and I were playing Mark I'd, I'd tell you to pick it up and it's just that that's oh, how thank you Bob you know. <laughs> no you're a good putter I mean I trust you now <laughs> so so it's it's uh it's those, it's those situations where you just don't know and, and you can't oh my god it's just hard to watch hard to watch he's got to do something well and it is crazy too that Scotty Scheffler has 20 top three finishes on the PGA Tour in the last three seasons. Rory McIlroy has the second most in that span with 11. That from Justin Ray on X. And for Scotty Scheffler to have that consistency level, that dominance really, to still, to still play very well and not have more victories putting the way he has been is actually quite remarkable. So Scotty Scheffler... Your betting favorite at plus 650 right now on FanDuel. The other player I just mentioned above is Roy McIlroy at 10 to 1 or plus 1,000. Bob, what are your thoughts on Roy McIlroy heading into this week? I kind of like, like him this week. You know, um, we know how well he drives the ball, how far he drives the ball. And, uh, again, you know, there's always – He's only played one PGA Tour event so far, and it wasn't great. But he had some, he had some earlier good finishes, a, a win and a second in uh, in the uh, DP World Tour. So I do like where he is. I do like the fact that he's kind of offloaded all the baggage that's surrounded the tour. Um, you know, he's not worried about that. I think I think, and I honestly think that's the whole part of this is just said, look, you guys do whatever the heck you want. I don't care. I'm going to go out and play golf. Tell me when. Tell me where. And I think that's what he's focused on. So I'm expecting him to start rounding into form. And, and I think we'll see something this week from him that, uh, that puts him in the hunt on Sunday. Not saying he's going to win, but I think he's going to be, be up there. 
and Mark Rory already has a win this season back on the DP World Tour. That came last month, and as we lead into the Masters, which isn't too far away now, McElroy's taking or trying another different strategy. You know, he's tried going to Augusta the week before. He's tried simulating different things, and this year he's playing more. He's simply playing more golf heading into the Masters. Mark, just overall for Rory McIlroy, what do you think of the potential for him, not only this week, but for 2024? Well, I like the strategy, guys. i got to be honest with you, because I, I mean, very few people, Tiger's really the only person I can remember who's you know been able to to come off huge layoffs or not play a lot of golf and be as sharp as you you, you normally can, can be, it is hard to simulate what it is like to play competitive golf inside the ropes. It is hard to practice and create that kind of simulation. Uh, it's almost impossible. Um, you know, Rory, six for seven here, career cuts made. He's got a couple of top fives. So it's not a golf course where he's dominated, but it's a golf course that he's played well at. I think you throw out what happened at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. I think that's a bit of an anomaly in the sense where, you know, he got the six under par early at the AT&T and then just turned his brain off. I, th I think Rory has some bizarre moments throughout a year where he has these lapse in concentration and his mind just goes wandering and you're going, you're too good for this. How does this happen to a player at your level? And I'm sure we're going to see it again. We're going to see that I just turned my brain off for nine holes and I'm now out of this golf tournament. It's likely going to happen again. But we're also going to see days or weeks, I should say, where he's in full flight for four days and looks like the best player in the world. So what do we get this week? I don't think we get either of those. I think we get a, a, a Rory that probably, like Bob said, look closer to the guy that played the DP World Tour with a win in a second and... I think Rory's going to probably compete and probably have a really good solid uh, week this week and and get this thing back on the right track. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I don't I, you know I'm not super high on Rory this week, uh, but I definitely think uh, a much better performance that we saw at Pebble Beach. Rory McIlroy, second shortest odds to win at plus a thousand or ten to one. And McIlroy spoke a couple of weeks ago about the new golf ball he is using. We'll have much more on the 2024 version of a golf ball from Taylor Ray. That's coming up on next week's show. You're not going to want to miss this if you want to get longer and straighter in 2024. Looking down the betting books now, Justin Thomas tied for the third shortest odds at plus 1,600. We'll get to JT a little later when we make our PGA Tour picks because he is a popular guy for this week in regards to the three of us. So tied with JT is Victor Hovland at plus 1,600. And Bob, Victor Hovland withdrew from the WM Phoenix Open, and that caused some alarm bells on social media. And potentially, if he was the thought of him leaving the PGA Tour, but that was quickly kibosh because he took the week off uh, reportedly to work on his game. This is a guy who was the best player in the world the last couple of months, weeks of 2024 with the FedEx Cup, the Ryder Cup, etc. What are your thoughts on Victor Hovland this week, Bob? Uh, I like Victor Hovland this week. I think he's a, with that week off, I'm a little more more uh, on his side. He's got three good finishes here, fifth, fourth, and a 20th in three appearances, so I like that. And I do think that if you look at uh, last year's 20th place finish, that was kind of before he started really getting into a groove with that short game. And I think 
with that dialed in now, I think that's an important stat around Riviera. But I think I think with his short game now being much stronger than it's been since the last time he was here and this point last year, really, I think you saw what he was able to do down the stretch last year in winning the FedEx Cup. And um, I like his chances here this week. Mark, during our year in review specials, you said Victor Hovland would win a major in 2024. Are we still thinking the same thing? Yeah, I think uh, I I love the choice last week. I know it's a bit of a contradiction to what I said when it came to Rory, where, you know, you can't simulate what happens uh, between the ropes and you got to play more. Um, and, And I agree with that. But I love how in tune Victor is with his team and his plan and what he needs to do to be in the right spot. He said, no, I need a week off and I need to get away and I need to work on a couple of things because uh, that practice time and that rest time is going to do more for me right now uh, than going to play another golf tournament and just kind of, you know, whacking it around and looking for it, so to speak. So I, I, I like the choice. I think it is not going to take long for him to get right back on track to where he was last fall. I don't know if it happens this week, but sooner or later, and my guess is sooner rather than later, Victor Hovland is going to be right back to where he was come August, September last year. Victor Hovland tied for the third shortest odds on FanDuel to win the Genesis Invitational at plus 1,600 or 16-1. to I want to skip a couple spots down the betting book as we'll have more on those players a little later in the show. I want to ask you guys about Ludwig Oberg, who is now the 11th-ranked player in the world. And, Mark, when we spoke right after the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, we chatted about if there was a fourth round played that Oberg very likely could have easily won that golf tournament. Mark, you also said in our year in review shows that you thought Ludwig would be in the world's top 10 at the end of 2024. Well, Mark, he's already 11th, so the sky is the limit now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that wasn't as bold a prediction as we as I thought at the time. Apparently, it was a no-brainer, and, and it's going to be done by the time we get to the Florida swing, I guess. Um, you know, uh, I think he's special, guys. I think he can win uh, anywhere, anytime. He is comfortable in situations where you're just not supposed to be comfortable, and that is a gift. Uh, and I mean, look at, look at what Nick Taylor is doing with that gift. Now look at Nick Taylor, 10 years later as a professional being comfortable, having to make big putts and having to perform with the spotlight on him versus Nick Taylor kind of coming out of the gates as a professional. Well, you know, Ludwig Goldberg is, is that guy, it seems out of the womb, so to speak. And I don't care, you know, his lack of history here. I don't care. Uh, how young he is. I don't care quality of the field. If he goes out and wins this week, I'd be like, yep, that's that's who he is. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Can climb, climb as high as number five in the world with a victory this week. And Bob, we get to spend some time with Oberg in Hawaii. And I don't know about you, but it seems like this guy is mature beyond his years. He's got a very level head. We even saw that at Torrey Pines when he missed a couple of very, very short putts. And did he show frustration? No, he just laughed it off. This guy seems very mature, doesn't he? Yeah, well beyond his years. This is not the kind of thing you see from a guy of that, of that age and of that, uh, 
experience level, you know, you would you would expect much more sort of to see a lot of the emotion. Now, maybe something's going on underneath, you know, maybe it's like the duck's legs swimming frantically in the water. But I do believe that uh, with I do believe that with Ludwig, you know, his game is very mature, his game in terms of how he plays, not necessarily how he scores. But, you know, he hits this big, powerful, straight ball down the fairway and and um, I mean, his his game really. You're trying to say, well, what kind of what kind of golf course would suit his game? And I'd say almost every kind of golf course, the way he plays. But I do like his chances pretty much every week. And uh, and you forget that he hasn't even been on the PGA Tour for a year yet. It's uh, it's saying a lot about his talent. Making he made his professional debut at the RBC Canadian Open back in June, where. His world ranking was 759th. Now he's number 11, and the sky is the limit for Ludwig Oberg. His odds this week on FanDuel heading into the tournament 20 to 1 or plus 2,000. When we come back here on GTC, we're going to talk all about the famous 10th hole at Riviera, the short par 4, and our thoughts on this hole. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. Home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Well, much more from our friends from Myrtle Beach coming up on an upcoming edition of GTC. Some big news in regards to their PGA Tour event coming up in May. Now, boys, we sort of buried the lead today because it's Valentine's Day. Big day. Valentine's Day is here. So happy Valentine's Day out there to all those who celebrate. Okay. Players, I would think, have more of a love uh, love relationship than love-hate relationship with Riviera. That was a bit of a stretch there in terms of trying to compare that. Anyway, <laughs> Riviera, known as one of the great stops on the PGA Tour. And the 10th hole is a great hole. It's a short par four, just over 300 yards. I got to see this in person for the first time last year. And when you stand on that tee box, there is nowhere to miss it. And when I say nowhere, I mean literally nowhere. Mark, for you, what are your thoughts on the temple? I absolutely love this hole, guys. It, it's possibly my favorite hole on the PGA Tour. Um, it's certainly up there. If it's not my favorite, it's definitely in the top three, top five. I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, we're not talking like you think about it, it's what 305 yards. There's no water uh, hazard. There's really no out of bounds. You have to be really crazy to be out of bounds. Like, I mean, it's bunkers and it's a few trees and it is sharp edges, sharp angles, and some really interesting lines. And I think the brilliance of the hole is how different it can play by simply on a 305 yard hole where that hole location is. If that hole location is, is back right, I mean, you can see the most ridiculous scores from some of the best players in the world. And, and, and if they just subtly move it a certain way, all of a sudden the hole plays under par for a day. I just, I think it's a special hole. If there's any criticism, guys, is that over the years, they've lost a little bit of the square footage 
of the putting surface that it's just, you know, as, as greens erode, uh, edges get sharper, the bunker edges get sharper, and they've lost some of the square footage of the green. And, and I mean, if there's any criticism in my mind, that might be it. But I also think that's what has kept the whole kind of relevant in the modern standards against these guys that are playing, you know, with great equipment, great athletes, hitting it further. Some of these guys hitting three woods onto that green, no longer drivers. Um, I love it. You know, back in the old days, there used to be about a 50-50 split on who would go for it and who would hit iron. Now it seems that about 90-some-odd percent of the field all drive it up there and and kind of roll the dice with their luck. So I'm not too sure what the, if the strategy has suffered at all over the years. But I love the hole, and I can sit there all day. And guess what? You can sit there all day too, guys, on TSN Plus this week on PGA Tour Live because one of the featured hole streams, I don't know what stream it is yet, but one of the featured hole streams on PGA Tour Live on TSN Plus this week will be that 10th hole. And just like the Island Green at Sawgrass, you can sit there and watch every player in the field come through and play possibly the best short par four in the world of golf. And to answer that question, Mark, it is stream four featured holes on PG, on TSN Plus. You can see the 10th hole. Bob, for you, your thoughts on the 10th hole at Riff? Uh, I, I like it a lot. I don't love it. I think it's a good, really good, intriguing hole. I like the... I like the fact that you have to sort of think when you're standing on the tee and you have to commit to your choice. And more and more players over the years that, um, and I've been there, I don't know, maybe five, four or five times. And, and in that time period, more and more players are going for it, are driving it. They did this year, interestingly enough, they have uh, made a couple of changes on the putting surface to give them a couple more pin positions. So at the end of last year, they, uh, they stripped the, the sod off and they, they just smoothed a couple of the areas, which is one thing people sort of forget, is getting down to the green is, is always this big choice, but getting onto the green is, and, and putting on it can be another, a whole other part to the story. So um, I, think it's, I think it's an intriguing hole, and I'm always interested to see you know, who goes for it, not only how many go for it, but who goes for it, and who doesn't? And as Mark said, you know, more and more players now are trying to drive it down there. And, and it's, it's well within the reach of pretty much every player in the field. So every, every player, when they stand up on that, does have a, a, a choice to make. Yeah, lots of fairway bunkers guarding this green, greenside bunkers. It is a really cool hole to to watch. And like I mentioned, Stream 4 featured holes on TSN Plus as well. I should mention, Stream 2, you can see every shot that Nick Taylor hits on Thursday's opening round. Nick Taylor playing with Victor Hovland and Sam Byrne. So a great grouping for Nick Taylor. He's off just after noon, 12.01 p.m. Eastern time. Thursday in the first round. You can see that on TSN+. Plus. Well, that wraps up Hour 1 here on GTC. Coming up in Hour 2, we'll make our PGA Tour picks for the Genesis Invitational. Plus, we'll go one-on-one -on -one with Gareth Rafluski, who's Nick Taylor's short game coach, as well as a number of other professionals, too, who have done big things on the LPGA Tour. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Golf Talk Canada rolls on here in Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, and Mark Sacchino as we look ahead to the Genesis Invitational getting underway tomorrow. You can see first two-round coverage on TSN+. Plus Weekend coverage on TSN. Mark, you'll be there on the ground for PGA Tour Radio. Mark, have you received your assignments yet in terms of what you'll be doing for the first couple rounds? I know what I'm, yeah, I know what I'm doing Thursday. Uh, anyway, I'll be starting uh, with Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, and Wyndham Clark. That'll be my assignment for Thursday. And if and if assuming we get a couple guys there that play well, uh, that'll be my assignment for Friday as well. And I'm sure uh, either before they tee off or after they're finished, we'll sprinkle sprinkle in a few more players as well. But. Uh, I mean, always fun walking with Rory. You always see some shots that you go, I, I didn't think that was humanly possible, or how did that drive stay in the air an extra 12 seconds? So <laughs> it's demoralizing watching him hit a golf ball. But uh, looking forward to uh, looking forward to getting this thing started tomorrow. Well, it all gets started on Thursday. And as we always do here on GTC, we make our PGA Tour picks. For that week's PGA Tournament, we've seen a number of long-shot winners so far this season on the PGA Tour. In fact, Wyndham Clark, the shortest pre-tournament odds to win, and those were 90-1 to at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Nick Taylor last week at the WM Phoenix Open, his odds to win were 170 to one. In fact, I heard about someone who actually picked Nick Taylor up at 200 to one pre-tournament. That was someone in the newsroom at TSN. So congrats to Norm. I'll say that. So Normie getting it done for Nick Taylor at 200 to one. But let's make our picks this week. We'll go around the horn. Mark, give us your first pick this week at the Genesis Invitational. Well, I'm going with the California kid guy, L.A. native, Colin Morikawa. I know the three of us have all kind of been on Morikawa at different times already early in this PGA Tour season. Everybody expecting a, a big bounce back year for Colin Morikawa. He's back to leaning on that fade, trusting the fade, grew up in L.A., uh, knows Riviera well, finished tied for second here a few years ago, scoring average 67.5 at Riviera. So the local kid knows the golf course. I think the real key around here is not just being a great iron player. And I think we all agree that Colin Morikawa might be the best iron player in the game, certainly in the conversation. But he's also comfortable on broccoli, that West Coast broccoli, thus the hometown kid comfortable on these surfaces. I'll go with Morikawa. 
Didn't have comfortable on broccoli on my bingo card of things set today's show, but Mark, you always <laughs> cease to amaze me, my friend. Colin Morikawa, his odds to win plus eighteen hundred right now on FanDuel. Bob, give us your first pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. Vic Baby has uh, played well here in three appearances, five, four, and a twenty. So those are three solid finishes for a guy still probably kind of still learning the golf course to a certain extent. But I just think that the fact that he has shored up his short game, as he showed us at the end of last year, I think the fact that he uh, hits it really well off the tee when he can, uh, I just kind of like his overall game, the depth of his game. And he's got some pretty decent value, I think, for a guy who's well up there. Uh, I looked at him, and he was plus 1,400. So um, for me, that's, that's pretty good for an outright win. He's actually climbed to plus 1,600 now, so those odds are really bouncing back and forth. So plus 1,600 for Victor Hovland. My first pick, I'm going with Justin Thomas. This guy's trending in a big way. Seven consecutive worldwide finishes of T12 or better. Three top tens at Genesis in his career. This guy, it's just a matter of time before he gets back in the winner's circle. Bunch of swing changes for JT. If he puts well on the broccoli that we see this week, I think Justin Thomas could have a big week plus 1600 for JT right now on FanDuel earlier in the week those odds were plus 2000 so a lot of people on JT heading into the Genesis Mark let's go back to you for pick numero de oh on Justin Thomas for my second pick Adam I'm with you uh trending obviously in the right direction it's just a matter of time for Justin Thomas and and we're back to the you know the the kind of Justin Thomas we were talking about a few years ago where the iron play is about as brilliant as it can be he's hitting it in different windows he can hit the off-speed pitch take the spin off the golf ball when he needs to flight it down as good as anyone can do it and it's just a matter of oh is this the week the putter cooperates well you know that's the JT that we like to talk about not the guy that was kind of lost in the wilderness with his golf swing the swing changes for JT are really to get back to where his swing was it's not like he's trying to do something completely different it got off the path there and he kind of got into a two-plane move for a while he's back to a single plane uh, it's again it just how does he not want on this golf course this golf course is built for great iron players maybe this is the year for Justin Thomas Bob, give us your next pick. I, uh, I'm going to join the party, too. I'm going to go with Justin Thomas <laughs> for, for all the reasons that you guys, uh, that you guys said. And uh, I, uh, I think he's fired up as much as he's been in a while trying to get a win. And I really do like, like the fact that he is playing with some, uh, playing with some aggressiveness, I think. Maybe, uh, maybe not in his game, but more in his mind. I like the fact that... He's, when when they showed him uh, last week, uh, you know he's he's got it he's got it out there. He wants to he wants to get back into all these tournaments, all these you know events that where he was a, a factor, not just a a placeholder. To follow up on JT, he's playing with Tiger in the first two rounds at the Genesis. Bob, do you think that's a good thing? Or a bad thing for JT in terms of playing in. It's going to be a circus. They're, it's not going to be the WM Phoenix Open in terms of alcohol consum- consumption. But as we know, when people play with Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods putts out, fans run to the next tee because he he is the needle. He is that guy. So do you think that hurts JT or helps JT maybe? I think the fact that you're playing with a, one of your idols outweighs the fact that the crowd's going to be moving. And, and nothing that JT isn't used to. He's played in big environments before. So I think he can handle it. I think he's going to be more excited about the, about teeing it up with Tiger than anything else. 
Okay, and Gary Woodland, the third in that group. Gary Woodland, what a great story it is that he is back playing on the PGA Tour after everything that he went through late in 2024. My second pick, I'm also going with Colin Morikawa and T6, T2 in his last two trips here at the Genesis, second in birdie average this year. But I want to get a new trend going because we all interviewed Nick Taylor back in Hawaii. If Morikawa wins, it'll be the GTC bump. We'll call it that. We also interviewed <laughs> Ludwig Oberg. So one of those two guys, perhaps. But in all seriousness, Colin Morikawa playing some good golf. 11th in greens and regulation as well. His odds plus 1,800 right now on FanDuel. Mark, let's hear from you. Your third and final selection. Yeah, this is a bit of a weird one. I mean, I, I had a hard time with the third pick guy guys going in, in what direction I was going to go. It's a bit of a horses for courses play. And it's a bit of, you know, he he doesn't have a top 10 this season, but he looks so close to playing some really good golf. So I'm kind of going with more of my gut on this. Patrick Cantley, this is more of a gut play. He's six for six here in his career in terms of cuts made. Um, so he likes the golf course. Uh, he finished tied for third here. Uh, last year so he's come close so it's it's a bit of a gut play and a bit of a horses for courses play um tough to build a statistical argument considering again he has, hasn't had the top 10 this year but again at the same side has he looked poor this year Has he looked like a guy who uh, doesn't have it together no he looks like a guy who does have it together so um he's one step below jt guys i would say in a guy who's kind of right there looking he's one step behind justin thomas maybe this week he steps right over top jt and gets back in the winner's circle patrick cantley his odds right now plus 1800 bob for you give us your final selection this week well we talked about this guy earlier in the show but i'm going with rory mcelroy and uh yes he's only played one pga tour event so far this year where he finished you know pretty lackluster 66 the pebble um but i have faith that the guy who won and finished second on the DP World Tour earlier this year is the guy who's going to show up this week and have a rip around uh, Riviera. He's played here seven times, five top 20 finishes, including a couple inside the top five. So he obviously knows how to get around the golf course. And as we were saying before, I think he's offloaded a lot of off-course baggage uh, that's freed him up to play some, some better golf that we expect of him. So I'm, 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 uh, I'm kind of bullish on, uh, on Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy, second shortest odds to win this week at plus 1,000 or 10 to 1. For me, boys, I'm going a little further down the board for my final selection, and that is Adam Scott. His odds are plus 4,000 or 40 to 1 on FanDuel. The Aussie, well, he loves playing at Riv. Of course, the win back in 2026. Other top 10 finishes at Riviera. T8 last week at the WM Phoenix Open. Quietly, his fifth top 10 in his last six worldwide starts. It looks like the broomstick is working in a big way right now. Adam Scott at 40 to 1. He is my final selection. It's time for us to get a W this season. We have been shut out so far. I'm hoping me saying shut out will reverse the jinx of saying shut out so we can actually get a win this week. Finally, those are our PGA Tour picks this week Scully. at the Genesis Invitational. Go ahead, Mark. Were you about to say something? Well, I, I think we're all in big trouble this week, guys, because we answered the question that we asked earlier in the show. Should Scotty Scheffler be the favorite of the Genesis? None of us have him on our team through three rounds of picks. 
So he's obviously not the favorite, but I think we all just put the whammy on ourselves and we should just crown Scotty Scheffler now the champion. <laughs> okay, well, on Monday, if Scotty Scheffler does win, we will play that clip that you just said, Mark, <laughs> and we will talk about that at length about Scotty Scheffler getting it done. Okay, when we come back here on GTC, we'll discuss the five Canadians in the field this week, what their odds are not only to win outright, but in terms of low Canadian for the week, because you can also place a wager on that on FanDuel. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 18 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. To learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community, visit cobblebeach.com today. Welcome back inside GTC, Scully, Weeks, and Zacchino. Here as we preview the Genesis Invitational coming up in our next segment, we'll chat with Gareth Rafluski, who is Nick Taylor's short game coach. We'll learn all about Nick Taylor and how and why he switched to the claw grip and how that has impacted him in a very positive way, clearly. Now, Taylor is one of five Canadians playing this week at the Genesis, along with Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson, and Mackenzie Hughes. And like we spoke about on last week's show, too, you can place a wager on who is going to be the best Canadian or low Canadian this week at the Genesis. So I'll ask you guys, before I give you guys the odds, Mark, starting with you, who do you think has the best chance to be the best Canadian this week? I, I still think it's Nick Taylor, guys. I mean, you got to go with the hot hand. Um, I do expect Adam Hadwin to do something soon. Like I said, it's probably going to come on the Florida swing. The, he concerns me a little this week because of his strokes gained approach to the green. He, he is just inside the top 150 on the PGA Tour. I believe the number the last time I looked was like 138 or 139 in strokes gained approach. And this golf course, it is a hard golf course to lean on your putter. And his putter's been great. And you look at Adam's uh, putting numbers and they are fantastic. So unless he can really clean up his iron game this week, um, I'm a little concerned about Adam, but I, for me, it's still Nick, guys, for all the obvious reasons. Get through Thursday, Nick, and go with the hot hand. Bob, I'll ask you the same question. Who do you think has the best chance to be the best Canadian this week at the Genesis? Before I give you my answer, I do want to point out one more important bet on FanDuel, which is what color shirt is Tiger going to wear on Thursday? Thursday, not Sunday. Thursday. Oh, why? How did we Thursday. lead the show with this? Okay, <laughs> let's everybody, let's gather around the campfire. Bob, starting with you, what color shirt will Tiger wear on Thursday? I'm going black. Mark? Oh, I, I, you know, okay. Um, I'll just go white, but I think Bob's going to win with black. <laughs> okay. Now, I know earlier there was pink and purple 
I, FanDuel is my internet is currently failing me at this particular moment. Bob, do you have the odds <laughs> open there in front of you or not? I'll see if I see if I can find it here for you. By the way, as I'm looking that up, uh, I will tell you that uh, I'm going to go with Adam Hadwin, and uh, Adam and um, Adam and and Nick have got the best records here for <laughs> for players who've been around for a few years. Uh, Adam Svensson has only played once before. He did have a top ten last year. But I think that I think just all the distractions like we were talking about before for uh, for Nick are going to kind of weigh a little bit on him. And I think that it's going to be Adam Hadwin who has the best week here. But don't don't rule out Adam Svensson. He has been kind of cold start this year. Um, But but I would say that um, I would say that uh, I think Adam Hadwin is going to be the guy. Now I'm trying to find the uh, the shirt odds here. I've I've actually got them here, Bob. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I found it. What everyone wants to know. Okay, so what color shirt will Tiger wear in round one of the Genesis in the Sunday red? Pink is the betting favorite at plus 310. Blue, plus 350. White, plus 500. Green, plus 550. Black, plus 650. Talk about value there for the boys. Red, plus 750. Don't think that's happening. Purple, plus 1,000. I think the bigger question, Mark, you were there in the press conference, will Tiger wear a hoodie in round one? Because he seems to be all down with the hoodie game. What do you think? What, What time is he going off, guys? What time in the morning is he starting? It's it's nine twenty five local. Nine twenty five local. That is that is a good bet right there, Adam. Because you are right on the line for temperature for potentially still being in a hoodie. So he because he's definitely going to be warming up in the cashmere hoodie. We I, that's guaranteed. The question is, the cashmere hoodie make it to the first tee at nine a.m. Is it warm enough yet? I'm going. Cashmere hoodie off one for Tiger. <laughs> okay. Off the board. I like it. Yeah. So having some fun there on FanDuel. But uh, to get back to the Canadian aspect of this, uh, on FanDuel right now, the Canadian who has the shortest odds to be the low Canadian or best Canadian this week, Corey Connors, plus wow. 270 to be low Canadian. Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin tied at plus 300 to be low Canadian. Should point out, last week of the four Canadians in the field, Nick Taylor had the longest odds to be low Canadian at plus 400. So just putting that out there too. Adam Svensson, his odds to be low Canadian, plus 360. Mackenzie Hughes, plus 550. So, Corey Connors has had a relatively quiet start to the season. Bob, do you see his game starting to heat up here soon? Uh, not if you look at his record of this golf tournament. He finished 61st last year and missed the cut in three previous starts. So I'm not sure how this fits his game. You would think it would be pretty good, uh, being a guy who hits a lot of greens and fairways. But uh, his history doesn't lead me to believe that this is going to be a big week for him. Uh, Mark, for you, how do you think Corey Connors is trending perhaps after this week and into eventually the Florida swing? Well, this week makes no sense, as Bob uh, laid out for us there. I mean, his record here, I mean, for a guy who has, you know, made his career on on great approach shots and hitting the dime of the the face on those irons, I mean, that's what gets it done around here, and yet the record doesn't show it. 
Uh, the putting number, I know he hasn't you know played a ton of golf yet, and it's super, super early in the season, but take a look at Corey's strokes game putting right now, and um, it's not very encouraging at the moment. I do think, obviously, he'll he's too good. He's just too good a ball striker, too good a player. It's just he will come out of this current kind of slow start. I don't think it's this week, though, Adam. Uh, uh, but I will say this, Scully. I know two guys that on the air last week pointed out how ridiculous those odds were for Nick Taylor and how Nick Taylor should not be the low Canadian in terms of odds, but he should be the favorite Canadian at the WM. And then you, in the middle of that conversation that we were having on Golf Talk Canada, put a few lollies on Nick Taylor to win that golf tournament. And look what happened for you. I don't think that's this week with Corey. I could be wrong. But last week with Nick, they were so far off on Nick Taylor at the WM. Well, I remember, Mark, we were having that conversation, and I said the number out loud, and we sort of looked at each other saying, how on earth are those the odds? But, hey, he got it done, and like you mentioned, yeah, a couple lollies placed, which was amazing. Okay, boys, well, that's it for you two because you guys are efforting on some other GTC projects here as we get uh, moving forward here. So, gents, thanks for your time. Bob, great to see you. We'll see you a little later on SportsCenter. And, Mark, good luck on the call this week. Looking forward to hearing you throughout the week, my friend. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll chat throughout the week, I'm sure. See you, guys. All right, that is Bob and Mark, who are off to do some efforting for Team GTC. More on that coming up on an upcoming show. And yeah, Nick Taylor, his odds this week to win outright, 110 to 1 for Nick Taylor. Last week, they were 170 to 1. And going through all Canadians right now, five playing this week, the shortest odds, Corey Connors, 100 to 1. Taylor at 110 to 1. Adam Hadwin also at 110 to 1. Adam Svensson. 150 to 1 and Mackenzie Hughes at 300 to 1 plus 550 to be the low Canadian. Looking forward to seeing Mac who finished 2023 on a high, especially that duel with Ludwig Oberg at the RSM Classic. If it wasn't for Oberg going into video game mode on the weekend, going 60-61, Mackenzie Hughes would have won for a second time on the PGA Tour. Mackenzie Hughes, plus 550 to be the low Canadian, 300-1 to to win this week. Well, when GTC returns, we're going to go one-on-one with Gareth Rafluski, who's Nick Taylor's short game coach. We'll learn all about how Nick Taylor changed to the claw, why he changed to the claw, and the success he has had with that. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac and the all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. From Lyric to the first-ever Escalade IQ, there will be a Cadillac EV icon for you. Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully here solo for the final half an hour or so of the show. Well... Nick Taylor won for the fourth time in his PGA Tour career at the WM Phoenix Open, and that putter 
was an instrumental reason why he got it done. Oh, so clutch down the stretch, birdieing five of his last six holes, including both playoff holes. He made birdies when he needed to make birdies. Three shots down to Charlie Hoffman coming down the stretch. Birdies five of the last six wins for the fourth time in his PGA Tour career. And just recently, I had a chance to speak with Taylor's short game coach, Gareth Rafluski, all about the rise of Nick Taylor's short game. For much more on Nick Taylor, now joining us is world-renowned coach Gareth Rafluski, who of course works with Nick Taylor. Gareth, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here, my friend. So uh, I've loved asking people what their perspective was from Nick Taylor winning the WM Phoenix Open for you, his putting coach. What was it like for you watching your guy get it done? Uh, it was amazing. You know, like, you, you know, you're sitting there going, okay, could get this birdie here, maybe birdie there, 17, yes, there's a chance there, you know, and then when that slipped away, you're like, oh boy, let's, let's hope he gets a look at it on 18, you know, because we knew he was putting well, but um it, it's been exciting it was exciting all week i was there in phoenix with him um i'd flown home by then and um he was putting well all week you know obviously got off to that great start the 60 to start the round you know or start the uh campaign and uh just he was seeing the line well and you know things were easy you know and that's nice well easy for the first round and then the second and third round we're kind of like you know not really taking advantage of it where you were hoping and then uh, pulled it together in the last round so it's uh, certainly a lot of fun watching someone perform their best. Now, when you're working with a pro, whether it's Taylor or someone else, can you see performances like this coming? Like, did you think his game was trending in the right direction? Yeah, we've seen that for a while. You know, everything is a lag. You know, you know, you get to the point where you're like, everything looks good, everything's performing well, but we're not really seeing it in tournaments yet, you know, so there's always a bit of a lag there. And we knew he's well capable. His wedge game is phenomenal. His short game is excellent. And his putting has really, really come on. Like his putting, you know, I think at one stage he was 181st in three putt avoidance. Um, and now he was, I think he's around about 10th or 7th or something, you know. So like in a couple of years, you know, he's really made dramatic strides in improving his speed control. Um, obviously, that's big for avoiding three putts, you know. So, um slowly but surely we're like you're seeing you know you know 180 to 10th or 7th or whatever but like we've been seeing like 180 like 160 140 you know so we know it was coming along um and then everything's kind of come together the strokes got tighter the mechanics got tighter the routines got tighter and then it's just a lot of repetition you know i think people don't understand especially if you're making changes you know when you make a change the most important thing you need to do after making the change is to continue to do the same thing for an extended period of time after making the change where most people, when they've made the change and they see the instant result happening once or twice, they're like, okay, what's next? And they move on, you know? So I think that's what Nick's done really well. So you mentioned these changes that Nick has made. Let's go back a little bit. When did you guys initially start working together? So we started in Torrey uh, two years ago. Um, and he just said, Hey, can you help me? My bunker plays just not great. Or, you know, or my chipping's just not a hundred percent where I would like it, you know, um, started working with him on his chipping and his bunker play. And then he's like, Hey, can you help me with my putting a little bit, you know? Um, and at that stage, 
he was probably about a hundred and around the hundred and fortieth in putting. Um, so he's obviously a very good putter, but he's extremely streaky. So he would putt great, and then he would go to a tournament. And he would lose two and a half strokes in a round, you know, and then the next day he would lose one and a half strokes. So we tried to figure out how could we make those changes a little bit less dramatic, you know, from making like two positive strokes to two negative, you know, like that swing is just way too much, you know. Um, so we had a lot of face rotation in the stroke. So we had to quiet that down. Um, his tempo was a little bit off. His strike location was a little bit off. So he, he's got great hands. So obviously most of the time he could make it, but that odd time sort of slipped away. So once we made the changes, then we could start to see some of the consistency. And my goal was making him get positive 0.25 strokes gain per round. That was my goal. If we could get that there, stabilize the bleeding on the bad days, then I felt that he could contend. And he's done that and then <laughs> some. And so for those watching Nick Taylor, they noticed the grip, the claw. How did that become a thing? So Nick always had a little bit of side tilt with his head. So his head would always sit like this here and it always sit way behind. So his perception of the line would change so much. So we were trying and playing around with one day and he says, what about if I just did this here? You know, how does that look or what was that? And I'm like, you know, you're always reluctant to change someone's grip, you know, but you're like, okay, the setup looks a lot better. I'm like, let's try it. So uh, we tried around, we tinkered, numbers looked good. He did it for two rounds and then he's like, no, no, this isn't going to work. And he went back to his old putting for, I think the next two rounds and then the next tournament. And then after that, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going back to claw. Like, I think it's better for my, I'm like, yeah, I'm hundred percent on board. I think it's great. You know? So he did try it and ultimately changed and went back to the old one. But then he said, no, I'm committed to it. He committed to it. And the big thing is, is it just, it got his body in the right position instead of having a lot of like side and tilt and bend and the, the claw was not because his hands were doing anything too crazy. It was more because his body was in a better position with the claw grip than anything else. So most people think it's because his hands were just getting a little shaky or doing something a little bit that they didn't want to happen yet. That's fascinating. I've never heard that before. And I know many people watching this, listening to this, they're probably going to take their putter out of their garage and maybe give the claw uh, a little workout per se. Now mm -hmm. we've seen Nick Taylor be so clutch. Obviously, last year's RBC Canadian Open this past weekend at the WM Phoenix Open. Where do you think that clutch gene comes from for Nick Taylor on the greens? You know, I think it comes from, um, like, if you look at his pedigree going through, back through his junior days, like, he was a world number one amateur. He was, you know, he was a killer, as they always said, you know. So he was he was a guy that was able to get it done whenever um, it didn't look like he could get it done. So you know, we always joke with him is that, you know, our job as coaches is not to teach him that part. Our job is to get him into the position and then his instincts take over and he knows exactly what to do because that's, you know, how could you possibly teach that there to someone? You know, that's just, you know, it's it's built into you. You know, it's it's you either love the big moment or you hate it, you know, and you can certainly try to develop a sense for it, you know, but some people are just built for that, you know. So, you know, our running joke is that, we just get him in the hunt and then we just go, all right, this is all you, this is all you buds. Cause he knows exactly what to do and, and the routines and everything that we've put in place allow him to free up his body just to do what he needs to do. And I think he, he had a great quote in the, um, in his interview after it, he said, I just get up there. 
I do my routine and I get out of my way and I hit the putt, you know, and it, it sounds so cliche, you know, and we all think we want to do that, but we know we'd all be steering and just please go in, you know, but uh, he's able to combat those thoughts and just go through his routine and just execute what he needs to do. But I think it's probably a lot to do with his upbringing that, you know, that's, that's built, that's deep in there somewhere. We're in conversation with Gareth Rafluski, who's coaching Nick Taylor, and a number of other pros too. And you mentioned that a number of times there, routine. What is Nick Taylor's routine and how important really is it for him to have all the success that he's had? The routine's huge. You know, like your body needs, it, it craves a comfort level, right? So it needs to be in a position where it can actually settle down your breathing comes down, your heart rate comes down. So if you don't have a routine that is common to you, you know, then it's very hard. So if you go and you start doing new things in the middle of your putting routine, whatever you want to call it, you're doing new things. So your body's not going to have an opportunity to settle down into itself. So the routine is basically giving you the opportunity to be ready, to be ready to hit the putt the way you need to hit it. Now, it might change from second to second, from here to there. But a lot of times it's just making sure that you're doing the same thing. It's very repetitive and it's extremely boring. Like even like I told Nick a while ago, I said, we're going to do the same stuff over and over and over and over again. But I told him the science behind why we're doing it. We're doing it because in the moment, your body will just relax because it's doing the same thing. It's the same thing if we go for a warm up to play a tournament. If, you've, if you're going into the practice ground or you're warming up and you're trying to think about what to practice before you're teeing off, you've got it all wrong. All of that should be all organized, all planned out. So when you show up, you do this, you do this, you do this, you go to the tee. Everything we try to do is very systematic so that that gives your body a level of comfort. And that routine is exactly the same thing. Hmm, that is fascinating. I've never thought of routine like that, but definitely we'll take that of so much importance going forward. Now, I mentioned earlier the RBC Canadian Open, that iconic moment last June, and I love asking people their perspective, where they were when that putt happened. So for you, Gareth, where were you? I was at home, home with my family, all watching it. So I was at the tournament all week. I left on Saturday. Um, and uh, yeah, he'd been playing well. I was at home watching you know, you're just thinking, uh, don't three putt um, from that distance. You know, let's let's get it, cozy it up there nicely, and and then it goes in, and then everybody goes completely mad, and we're all jumping around the living room too, doing exactly the same thing, um, excited for him and for what it means for Canadian golf too. Yeah, it was a remarkable moment. I'm just getting chills thinking about that right now, just thinking that actually happened last June. That was incredible. So we've spoken at length about your work with Nick Taylor. Give us a sense of some of the other pros that you're working with, both PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, anywhere. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot of work on the LPGA Tour probably for the last, well, probably eight, nine years, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I've um, Ronnie Yin who's from China. She's world number two. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Jin Young Ko. Yep. Um, I have a number of, I have about 10 players on the LPGA tour that I've been lucky enough um, to help. Um, and it's been super fun. You know, I think that's where I sort of cut my teeth. You know, I've, I've had an opportunity to coach about 85, yeah, about 85 plus LPGA tour players. Um, so I've had a lot of experience and a lot of experience players winning majors, winning big tournaments. So I think that's been nice now to be able to transition a little bit over onto the men's side where I've had that experience. I know what it looks like to help build someone's game into something that's good. But also, I always think about it like, will this hold up on Sunday? 
Mm. Like if we do, if we make this change, like I, I don't like cosmetic. If we make this change, does it work on Sunday? You know, if it doesn't work on Sunday, I have no interest in it, you know, even if it's just a temporary thing. So I'm always thinking about that. And it's nice because I've been able to sort of prove it a little bit with the women's game. We've had, um, I think about 27 wins with the ladies. Um, so it's been, it's been pretty fun to do that. And then, um, two with Nick now. So that's, that's my second PGA win, which is uh, super, super fun. Super, super fun and a ton of great accomplishments. And for you, you're in London, Ontario, you're at Riverbend. What, what are you doing there at Riverbend helping some amateurs out? So uh, my members here at the club. So I have a, a great membership. Um, it's an interesting one. It's a, it's a gated community, like similar to Florida. You have to be 50 years young to get in. <laughs> so we have a lot of older members and it's just so funny. You know, one of my members, he comes up to me, he always jokes and tells the story. He goes, I watch him hit like three balls. And I said, why don't we go to the short game? Maybe we'll find it over there. <laughs> you know, so, you know, like as you get a little older, you're just not going to pick up the speed that you want. So it's kind of fun for me. And my members are super active taking lessons. They love coaching. All of the pros here teach, you know, at the club. Um, and it's just a great environment. And then I often have a lot of great juniors and pros and everybody stopping by into the club. And we have a great golf course, phenomenal greens, uh, which when you're teaching putting a lot, that that does help, right? Yeah, it certainly does help in a big way. Okay, before we let you go, for anyone watching, for anyone listening who wants to improve their putting, whether they're a 20 handicap, a weekend warrior, or trying to get down to a scratch, what's the number one thing you see that amateurs need to improve the most? You know, most of it is the perception over the ball. So they'll line it up, they'll put the line down, but as they step over the ball, you know, everybody will, everybody will reminisce with this here when I say, if you step over the ball, you put your putter head down and it goes, it doesn't look right, right? It looks off. So then there's a series of compensations and manipulations that has to happen. So I would say that for most people, they need to train their eyes over the ball. A lot of good vision work when they're over the ball. So when they step over, they line the putter down, it's right edge, and they look up and it goes, yeah, it looks right edge. Like if you get to that point, you are so far ahead of everybody else. Wow, that is so interesting. And I know those watching, those listening, most of those people are Canadian and listening to this in Canada. It's snowy outside, but they can't wait to maybe get the putter out in their living room and start grinding for golf season. Gareth, congratulations on all the success you've had, not only with Nick Taylor, but the LPGA players too. Thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed a chance to speak with Gareth Rafluski. That interview as well will be posted on the Golf Talk Canada YouTube channel. Gareth Rafluski at Riverbend. Go check him out there. Give a shout out to uh, my aunt and uncle who are also members at Riverbend to Tim and Christine Turnbull. Love that. Gareth Rafluski helping Nick Taylor do some big things. Really enjoyed that conversation. Okay, when GTC comes back, we'll... Wrap up today's show. We'll have some leaderboard updates from where tours are playing around in the world of golf. And we'll preview our TSN Plus coverage throughout the week at the Genesis Invitational. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac's all-electric vehicles that get you in the game. Choose from a $750 credit with Flow or installation of a Level 2 home charging capability 
from Q-Merit when you purchase or lease a new Cadillac Lyric. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology, built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Tons of really cool content coming out our friends from adidas and then a couple of weeks of course mark and i were in hawaii for adidas launch back in january which was a ton of fun so stay tuned to our social media channels here on radio youtube as well for any and all adidas coverage of course our show is back on television that's coming up our debut tuesday march 5th is our television debut. It'll be our tailor-made product special. And then the week after, Mark and Bob will be on location for the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass. That's where our schedule really ramps up and gets going in a big, big way. Time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in the world of golf, PGA Tour, Genesis Invitational at Riviera going on starting tomorrow thursday five canadians in the field tiger woods back in the field scotty scheffler rory mcelroy victor hofflin justin thomas etc etc the world's best playing this week at the genesis invitational on pga tour champions it is the chubb classic that is going on at tiburon in florida so looking forward to that mike weir stephen ames both playing Stephen Ames trying to keep the good times going after that great year he had last season four victories on PGA Tour champions LPGA off they are back next week as well the DP World Tour and Live Golf too well TSN Plus your home for all things PGA Tour streaming and here's what you can see on Thursday this is specifically for the first round we have four streams Tiger Woods and the main feed that gets going at 12:25 p.m. Eastern and stream two marquee groups. You can see Nick Taylor. How about this? He's playing with Victor Hovland and Sam Burns. That gets underway at 12:01 p.m. Eastern. 12:13 p.m. Tom Kim, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay. So that's stream two. On stream three, the group of Ludwig Oberg, Nick Hardy, and Christian Bezednut. As well, the group of Jason Day, Tony Finau, and Brendan Todd. And on stream number four, the par four, tenth hole, you'll see every shot play there, which is awesome, as well as the fourth hole, the 14th hole, and the 16th hole, some great holes at Riviera. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. You can catch Bob and I on SportsCenter a little later tonight for our Wednesday edition of Speed Golf and Mark throughout the week on PGA Tour Radio. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Looking to refresh your golf wardrobe this season? Adidas carries the latest golf styles and technology built for on and off the course. We encourage you to express your style through every swing. Visit adidas.ca slash golf to explore more. Thank you for listening to GTC. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.